0: Welcome to Leading Simple with Rusty George. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Here's your host, Rusty George. Well, Hey, welcome to episode 157 of Leading Simple, Hope and Help for the Overwhelmed. And today, for anybody who's overwhelmed with staffing a church with volunteers, or being a volunteer, we've got some help today. My guest is Greg Atkinson. He's the founder of Worship Impressions and the First Impressions Conference, and co-founder of the Social Media Church Conference. He's an entrepreneur, best selling author, speaker, leadership coach, consultant, and member of the Forbes Coaching Council. Greg has worked with churches of all stages and sizes, including some of the largest and fastest growing churches in the country, as well as with businesses, nonprofits, organizations such as Josh McDowell Ministries. Greg started and ran his own social media marketing company. Greg has been featured in Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Christianity Today, CBS, Fox, NBC. And now on Leading Simple. It's an honor to have Greg with us today. And today's episode is sponsored by Red Letter Challenge. Red Letter Challenge creates resources and workbooks to help Christians of all ages follow Jesus and become more equipped disciples. You can get more information about them uh, on the show notes, but also redletterchallenge.com. You get a free Red Letter Challenge assessment and get some of their uh, favorite resources lined up there. It'll just be fantastic for you. So make sure you check that out. Well, if you have questions or if you'd like to become a sponsor of Leading Simple, you can just contact me at rgeorge at reallifechurch.org or at Rusty L. George on Instagram and Twitter. Now, without further delay, here is my conversation with Greg Atkinson. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining. Leading simple, we're so glad that you're going to help um, take some of the uh, the craziness out of first impressions. I mean, goodness, when we think about customer service, it can get a little bit overwhelming. When we think about making good first impressions in life, let alone church, um, it can get a little overwhelming. And so you're the uh, the czar in that realm. So. Uh, we're anxious to uh, to dive into this, but for our listeners who may not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and where you're at now.
1: Yeah, glad to be on here. I'm honored. Always good to uh, to chat with you. I uh, grew up in the Carolinas, have lived all over the country, and have in the last six years come back to the Carolinas. So I'm in Charlotte. Uh, was born in Greenville, South Carolina, so now I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina and have been here for six years Um, started in ministry this month is my ministry anniversary month february Uh started in ministry 27 years ago february 1994 so um coming up on three decades of ministry and have served in a variety of roles from worship to tech and production to campus pastor at a a multi-site church and so seen a little bit of everything and and all aspects of everything it takes to run a uh, a campus or a church um obviously overseeing everything as a campus pastor but um i'm enjoying it now uh for the last five years um that i've been here in charlotte i've been consulting full-time i started consulting 16 years ago but full-time for the past five years
0: well i think that um all those sites that you just mentioned begs the question, is Carolina barbecue the best kind of barbecue?
1: Oh, that is a good question, because uh, I've lived in Texas. I've had Texas barbecue. I lived in Missouri. I've had Kansas City barbecue. Uh, I like North Carolina barbecue, uh, eastern North Carolina. It's vinegar-based. I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a distinct difference, and uh, you mentioned that you were in a, a multi-site church church. Um, uh, as a campus pastor and and we've talked about this that was in Joplin Missouri or it was based out of Joplin um, which is a, a great great uh, part of the world most people have never been to what was your favorite place to eat in Joplin Missouri? Uh,
1: my favorite Mexican restaurant I forget the name of it but I'm a Mexican guy I love Mexican food and I had one right on the main road in uh in Joplin that I would go to and Thankfully, there was uh, when the tornado hit. There was a lot of Joplin that was just wiped out, and um, it, and all I was dealing with, and all I was doing as a pastor, I also wanted to know was my Mexican restaurant okay? And they had, <laughs> they had just lost a little bit of the letters on their sign over their doorway, um, but God spared my Mexican restaurant, and I uh, I continued supporting them and eating there. But that was my favorite. <laughs>
0: I know exactly which one you're talking about. I don't know the name of it, but it's down there by Dude's Donuts, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, that is a good one. Uh, We we like that one as well. Okay, so you have been helping people uh, with first impressions now for a while, specifically this idea of being a secret shopper. Now, I think a lot of us kind of um, know what that entails where somebody goes into a business or into a restaurant or a hotel and and they kind of are incognito and, and they make a report about what they experienced. My wife and I did this for a period of time for a fried chicken place in Kentucky. It wasn't KFC, it was a different one. Uh, and we did not have favorable reviews. So uh, what I want to know is you've been to a lot of places. Um, we'll get into church in a minute, but when we think about businesses when we think about hotels restaurants who's doing it right who gets it right and what makes a place be right
1: culture culture um two years ago uh you you know i run the first impressions conference that uh we're so excited you're going to be speaking at in the fall of 2021 but two years ago in 2019 our theme was called the hospitality culture and uh, I think it starts with leadership uh, from the top down in in creating a culture of hospitality that values the individual, values people, and uh, sees people as made in the image of God uh, through a Christian perspective. Now I'm I'm thinking of churches and ministry, but that same principle carries over. I mean, when you think of restaurants and you think of fast food, primarily. Uh, the leader in fast food restaurants uh, far and away when it comes to customer services, Chick-fil-A. And as I mentioned them in my last book, Chick-fil-A was built on Christian principles. So it's that same uh, concept of seeing people made in the image of God. And um, Dan Cathy and Truett Cathy uh, talk, talked about um when somebody asks you to carry your, your sack for a mile, carry it for two miles and they have their two mile philosophy that they teach and preach at Chick-fil-A. And so, and my daughter worked at Chick-fil-A in high school. And so it's a, it's a great culture. Um, My youngest daughter just got her first job this past week. She's working at Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins. They have a combined store of Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins. Mm. But before that, she was interviewing at wendy's and i kind of cringed i said oh no i don't want you to work at wendy's why don't you try to apply a chick-fil-a like your sister because the culture (laughs) it's not the same culture and it's and at least in our city our wendy's is not very nice and i don't recommend it in our city where i live and so um we had a great experience with chick-fil-a and everywhere i've been across the country i've had a good experience with chick-fil-a and the reason that you can duplicate that just like uh, great multi-site churches can duplicate something across states and regions and various cities throughout uh, a region or throughout the country, like Life Church is due to culture. Hmm. Um, and that, again, starts with the leadership. And so uh, for me, when I do Secret Shoppers as, as a business, like I'm getting ready, uh, you know, I, I was trying to connect with you. I'm coming to California next week, and um, I'm going to be in San Diego, and I'm staying at a uh, really nice autograph collection hotel um, using points because I get I get tons of points but I'm staying at a nice autograph collection hotel in San Diego ju- the US Grant uh, just to check it out and to um, to experience w- the way they treat people and then I'm coming to LA and I'm going to spend some some days in LA hanging out with friends and meeting with people and I'm staying at the Ritz Carlton in LA again using points hmm. but I want to experience how they treat me. Uh, I figure, you know, Ritz Carlton is known. I was just talking with Hort Schultz, the CEO and founder of Ritz Carlton. I was talking with his team uh, yesterday about speaking at our First Impressions Conference. And um, they had they're known for how and I wrote about them as well in my hospitality book that came out last year. Uh, They're known for their culture and how they treat people. And so I figured if I'm going to be in L.A. and I have the points banked away why not stay there and see how they treat me and how they res- how they uh, respect their guests? And so, respecting the individual and in a Christian perspective, seeing people made in the image of God and having inerrant value and worth, dignity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard uh, uh, Mr. Schultz talk about it in terms of we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, right? Uh, right. And you you know you you hear a lot about that from. Chick-fil-A from Ritz-Carlton to other entities that there's just a, uh, it's just who we are. So let, let, me, uh, let me drill down on that culture idea because I think all of us have read books. We've gone to conferences. We've seen YouTube videos and we go, oh yeah, okay, let's do that. Um, <laughs> connect the dots for us here. How does a, a leader of an organization create a culture of hospitality that goes beyond just, yeah, we put it up on the wall or I mentioned it in staff meeting.
1: I think people respond to how they are treated because we look at things through the lens of our, our own worldview. Like it, it always amazes me when I travel. Uh, I haven't traveled a lot in the last year due to COVID, but I'm getting ready to come into a busy travel season and start traveling again. And one of the things I recognize when I visit airports or when I'm up in the air in an airplane looking down at a busy city and all the lights or the cars and homes, is that there are people everywhere and the world is just spinning and happening. But we see it through our lens and our uh, viewpoint of how we are treated. And so when you are uh, serving on staff at a church, at a restaurant, at a business, at a hotel, you kind of uh, you know how you're treated by your employer, by your superiors, by your uh, those in leadership, and then that affects the way that you feel uh, loved and appreciated, seen, known, heard. I'm real passionate about people being seen and known uh, that you feel that way. And then you want others to feel that way. And it's just, a, it's like the gift that keeps on given. Uh, culture is contagious. And so that that's, that also goes with negative. If there's a negative culture, that's contagious, uh, like for me in my city where I experienced the bad uh, experience at both the Popeye's Chicken, which I reached out to Popeye's Corporate and talked to them, and at Wendy's. Um, that's because they're, they're being treated negatively, and then they treat others negatively. And, like, bad attitudes are contagious. Mm. In the same way I was just teaching my kids, positive attitudes and positivity is contagious. Some of my favorite motivational speakers that I listen to – been listening to a lot of Brandon Burchard lately, and reading his stuff, and watching his webinars, and then uh, always checking out old uh, Zig Ziglar quotes. But positivity is contagious. Hmm. People love to be um, appreciated and valued and smiled at. You know, it's just a little thing. Some sometimes um, I've said this for years. Uh, when you when you see people in in, uh, in public. Or somebody accidentally accidentally bumps into you, or you accidentally you're not looking where you're going, and you bump into somebody else. A smile is disarming. When you smile at somebody and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there," it backs off that attitude of the, of them getting ready to unleash the the beast on you and come out of. Oh my gosh, don't <laughs> touch me! Uh, as a matter of fact, I was having dinner last night with my pastor. My pastor and his wife went to dinner with me and my wife, and Uh, My pastor and I are are best friends, and um, he lives in uh, the worst uh, targeted uh, crime neighborhood in our city. We're a part of an inner city church plant, and he lives in the hood, in the hood. And um, in the last month, six kids have been lost to gun violence, and a kid just this past week uh, lost his life, um, got shot in the head um, and lost his life to gun violence in my pastor's neighborhood. But he was backing out of the driveway Sunday, going to church to preach, and he was backing out, and a guy coming down the road on a bicycle was rushing past his driveway, and my pastor was backing out a little too quickly, and then saw the guy and slammed on brakes, and the guy just lit into him, started cussing him out because he thought he was going to get hit on his bicycle, and my pastor just looked at him and said, I love you, man. And the guy was like, "Wow, oh, whatever. And just drove <laughs> off and went on. And he said, I just, it's, it's what I talk about in my book. I have it written in print, kill him with kindness, Yeah, kill him with kindness. That's my Chick-fil-A philosophy. But that's the way he dealt with people in the hood. He just said, I love you, man. Jesus loves you. And, uh, and they just know him as pastor Paul. And he's just the, the reverend, the pastor on the street in the neighborhood. Who's always trying to help people. But, um, kill them with kindness and so that's what i do when i talk about um seeker shoppers with churches yeah. and when i write a report for a church i talk to them about um killing people with kindness um, just overwhelming people uh, my friend mark waltz who's also speaking at the first impressions conference again this year he wrote a book called wow wow impressions to wow people and that's when i think of things like ritz carlton and especially Disney, anything Disney. uh, We had Lee Cockrell, the vice president of Disney World, speak at our conference two years ago when we talked about culture because he helped create that culture and he was a big part of hiring and and what they did to invest in young leaders and talent. And so we wanted him to speak to culture. But uh, when I think of wowing guests, I think of Disney World and I think of my experiences at Chick-fil-A where As I mentioned in my book, no matter where I'm at in the country, when I say thank you, they say my pleasure. Mm. That is a culture that is ingrained in it. But as I tell the story in my book, a lot of people don't realize, you know, we had Deanne Turner, a former vice president of Chick-fil-A, speak at our conference a couple of years ago. And she told the story in her book. And Jeff Henderson, who you know, uh, who also used to work at Chick-fil-A, has told the story Uh, that took about six to seven years to implement When Truett Cathy came up with the idea of saying my pleasure, which he got from Horst Schultz and Ritz Carlton, um, when he came up with that idea of we want to be different in the fast food industry, we're going to have everybody respond to thank you with my pleasure. He had to preach this and preach this and preach this for seven years before it actually caught on. Now I can go anywhere in the country, say, thank you. And I'm going to hear my pleasure back to me. Mm. But, but for seven years, he would secret shop his own restaurant. And so Truett Cathy would show up at a -A, (laughs) Chick-fil-A, he would order and he would say, thank you. And they would say, you're welcome. And he would go back to the corporate office and he would grumble and he would say, no, 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 it's not working. And he would get all fired up and say, we have got to get this oozing throughout our, our corporation oozing throughout our culture of a, uh, just that's just that everybody knows. So it's funny when um when my daughter who's off in college now, when she worked at Chick-fil-A in high school, we were talking about this. Somehow it came up and she said uh, every now and then I'll just say you're welcome. And I'll say, I said, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You have to say my pleasure. You don't know what they went through to implement this. And she was like, well, what's the big deal? I said, trust me, you don't understand. You have to respond with my pleasure. And so we have to keep these values and these um, high bar setting going on for the next generation who may not take it as seriously and not knowing what others have sacrificed to get there.
0: Exactly. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I. I find myself, the my pleasure thing is just contagious, and I find myself saying it now because I go to Chick-fil-A so often. Hey, let me ask you about, okay, you're a secret shopper at a church. Um, what are you looking for? I mean, obviously, do people greet you? Do they say, or, you know, do they point or do they take you places? Those kind of things. But what are a few things you're really looking for that maybe the mo- most of us don't even think about?
1: yeah i i've been doing this so long now uh 15 years over 200 churches that i i have really evolved the way i do it so now i hardly ever take out my phone to take notes and i just remember the experience i have a good memory have a visual memory Mm. and um i will just walk throughout the morning experiencing what i experience and when i get a moment i'll write down in my phone a couple of notes and a couple of thoughts to trigger my mind when i sit down later when i'm back home in my office to write the report but what i'm looking for is something that throws me for a curve mm-hmm. something that makes me feel confused and something that makes me feel something that just stands out it's 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 that old uh, which one of these is not like the other what what is what is happening here that you have never seen before so for me when i go into a church and i've been in over uh 200 something churches across north america When I go into a church, if I get lost and I get confused, because few people alive are as comfortable in church as I am, because I've (laughs) been in so many. And so if I get confused and thrown for a loop, and I think of specific stories of getting turned around, getting lost with churches that I was able to help that have gone on to do amazing, great things. But if I get confused and I think, whoa, what is this? I've never seen this before. Or, or to I always go to lunch afterwards with the pastor and executive pastor and the senior leadership team if they're available and to be able to tell them in all my years, I have never seen blank, you know, to, 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 to have to be thrown for a curve. That's what stands out to me. And so I have, you know, my, my checklist that I wrote about in my book, secrets of a secret shopper, I have a checklist that I look at and I have things that I'm looking for. But overall, it is the experience. How do I feel that guests, when we think about guest experience, it is how do we make others feel? And so do I feel known, seen, valued, loved, appreciated, respected? Um, Do I feel like I'm being treated with love and dignity and honor? And so if I feel like I'm just tossed aside or unimportant, or uh not not regarded not seen not cared about that sticks out to me and i think wow this stings this is uncomfortable this is not a fun place to visit um or if i feel lost in the crowd or um uh unappreciated whereas um if i uh if i feel like i'm treated like um uh a, a valued and respected, loved guest, honored guest, uh, and that doesn't mean necessarily being called attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying, you know, would all our guests stand up in the service today? We want to put you on camera. That happened to me one time when I was in uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Um, <laughs> uh, you could probably guess what church that was, but I, I got put on camera with the camera uh, right in my face, saying, "Where are you from? And what are you doing here?" and Um, I don't recommend that but (laughs) but it's a feeling it's a feeling
0: excuse me let me interrupt the podcast for just one second we are quickly approaching 1 million downloads that's so exciting I cannot thank our listeners enough so I want to give out some gifts we're gonna give out some autographed books we're gonna give out some resources and we're gonna give out a secret ingredient In much of the food I grew up on in the Midwest, and I still use it today, nope, it's nothing I've created. It's a product that is an additive for your food. It's healthy. It's good. Uh, You've never thought about this particular spice before. You're going to love it. It's going to be in the pack. Just go to PastorRustyGeorge.com, sign up for the chance to win this gift packet. We're going to give out a bunch of them. Make sure you do that. Okay, back to the episode. Well, I want to drill down on that a little bit more here in a second, but sure. before we get to that, all right, coming out of COVID, yeah, I mean, how are churches going to look different? You know, I mean, we're no longer shaking hands and hugging people, and can you smile or communicate a smile when you're wearing a mask? Sure. Um, does first impressions get even more difficult post-COVID, and how are the churches that are going to do it well, how are they going to do it?
1: Great question. Um, man, I think that first impressions and guest services have an opportunity to shine post-COVID. I think this is the best time for the church because we have an opportunity right now. For for years, I have always said I've, I've picked on parking teams that, that didn't really do their job and h- bunched up in a huddle talking in the parking lot. I picked on ushers that just saw their role limited to handing out bulletins. And I used to say, if your usher can be replaced by a table, they're doing it wrong. You know, I can set <laughs> I can set a pile of bulletins on a table and tell people to walk by and pick up bulletins. If that's the only thing you're doing is handing me a bulletin, we don't need you. We can just replace you at the table. So now I think we have this opportunity to um, seat people and dismiss rows one at a time and Hmm. hold doors for people so they don't have to open doors and direct traffic with, uh, and, and, and spacing and, um, parking lot, street to seat, everything that we do now ushers can really usher because they should still be sitting a little bit socially distanced and separated. I'm getting ready to do a secret shopper with a, a church I've kept my eye on for decades. And, um, Um, I was talking with them and they were saying that they seat people uh, three seats apart and they dismiss row by row after the service. And I was just asking them what to expect and what it's going to be like, because this will be the first church I've secret shop since COVID. And, um, uh, you know, this is the chance that ushers can shine. Mm. They can shine. This is their best moment. Uh, This is not the time to sit back and just let people pick their own seat. This is the time to actually seat people and say, right over here, we've got a space for you, right over here for you and your family. Um, and so I think guest services, if they are done well and with intentionality and purpose, will shine in this new season. It's a great season to be on a guest experience team for the local church post-COVID. If you take it seriously, you can. it can be your best days.
0: You know, there's a fine line that an usher has to walk um, Mm -hmm. with allowing people anonymity, especially at a large church. Some people go there because they want to be left alone or anonymous or a face in the crowd. Right. Um, And then also connecting with people. You have extroverts that are dying to be connected with, you have introverts that are dying to be left alone, and no one wants a camera in their face like you experienced in Alaska. That that story is horrific. But what, what is it that you can coach people on that allows people to have anonymity, but also connectivity?
1: Reading body language. I mentioned that in my hospitality uh, handbook. Um, to, to be able to read, people will let you know if they wanna be hugged, if they wanna be touched, if they wanna shake your hand if they want you to come close to them, uh, reading body language. And that means to be sensitive, Mm. to not push your own agenda, to not not say, well, I don't care, you're going to do what I say, but to look people in the eye. We can make eye contact and we can smile with our eyes, even through a mask, Mm. to make eye contact and to be able to see this person's nervous, this person's scared, this person's anxious, this person is a little upset. Uh, how can I read their body language? You know, I've always said for years that guests at a local church are fearful, anxious, and skeptical. They don't know if we want their money. They don't know if we're a cult. They don't know if, uh, if we're going to invade their privacy, if they, if we're going to, like you said, uh, blow the anonymity and, um, and call attention to them or like I experienced putting a camera in my face, they don't know what's going to happen. And so, um, Reading body language and realizing that some people, um, so for example, this, 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 this is an example I've never shared before in any podcast. There are some times where, uh, when I deal with ushers, where they will have in their mind, we're going to get everybody down front as close to the front as possible and pack them in from the front to the back. That's a standard practice that happens at a lot of large churches where they pack them in from the front and go row by row by row all the way to the back. It happens here at Elevation Church in Charlotte, where I'm at. However, you may be able to read somebody's body language and say, "Nope, they're a back row Baptist. They're they're going to sit in the back row. They do not want to go to the front row." I remember taking my family to uh, um, Elevation service uh, years ago, and um, uh, my youngest daughter is very anxious and and has a a lot of trouble with. Uh, social situations, being out in public, and um, they seated us right on the front row. I mean, right on the front row. Um, and uh, that was tough for her. That was very tough for her because she would rather sit in the back and be not seen. And so mm-hmm. uh, just paying attention to how people um, how people want to be treated. It's, it's the golden rule. Treat people like they want to be treated or as you would want to be treated. And so mm-hmm. um, just being sensitive.
0: Okay. Uh, you've, you've mentioned several different things that you've picked up on at other churches. Give us a few things, maybe the three best practices of some churches you've experienced, and maybe three embarrassing practices. Love to hear horror stories because uh, it's cautionary tales for all of us, but uh, just a few best practices you think, boy, that was really good. I don't know if everybody's doing that, but they should.
1: Um... You know, for me, when I think about my best experiences, it usually comes down to individuals that shined in the moment. Um, it is it is people that were volunteers on a team that took their role so seriously that I would have thought they were staff. Um, they 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 were so uh, bought into the vision of the church that they stood out and shine as. This is my home church. I'm am an owner. I'm an owner of the vision, and I am going to go out of my way to welcome you and to, to treat you with value, and and honor. And um, when I see people step up and shine, uh, I think of churches I've worked with over the over the last fifteen years. The ones that stand out in my mind. It's no reason why they are some of the largest churches in the country with over uh, 20, 30 thousand people, but. It's the culture they created. Uh, when I worked with 12 Stone in Atlanta and Dan Ryland, uh, their, their team just goes out of their way to serve you and to honor you. And, uh, and everything is set up in there with their signage, their wayfinding signage so that guests don't get lost and they don't have to ask. Uh, I always say never assume guests know anything. They don't, have, they don't have to ask where are the restrooms, where's the worship center. The same thing with Christ Church of the Valley in uh, Phoenix when I worked with Ashley um, uh, they everything they did was geared to the first-time guest. Every person I, ca- I encountered, interacted with, and spoke with, it was as if they knew, like I had a, a, a sign on my forehead that said guest. Uh, just the way they interacted and talked with me, they just assumed that I was a guest and that I needed help and that they were going to go out of their way to welcome me. And then I look at how they have just exploded over the years. And I think, well, it's no wonder they want to reach more people. They want to welcome people. They want to honor people. Um, and so uh, it's, it's a culture of hospitality. And, and it also goes along. Uh, something I learned from Chris Hodges and Church of the Highlands is a culture of generosity. And I've said for years that hospitality and generosity are two, two sides of the same coin. Um, and so some of the most generous churches I've seen, generosity is contagious. Mm. Uh, you know that as a pastor, when you when you see churches, um, one of the things I've been talking about with some of my peers, some fellow consultants, is generosity is the new evangelism. Um, the churches that I see that are making the news and having positive PR right now in a tough season are the ones that are giving away money, that are paying off medical debt, that are paying off student loans, that are paying off medical bills. And um, there are so many churches that I could point to from my friend, Jason Burns at Access Church in Lakeland, Florida, that was a church plant, to Tim Lucas in New Jersey, to Mike Todd at Transformation in Tulsa. So many churches that have been paying off millions of dollars of people's debt. Generosity is the new evangelism, and generosity is contagious And so I've said for years, generosity and hospitality are two sides of the same coin. And so let's take that same energy and enthusiasm that we have behind generosity and apply that towards um, hospitality, which is creating welcoming environments as the Old Testament teaches through the New Testament, welcoming the stranger and showing, practicing hospitality, showing hospitality to newcomers. In Leviticus, in the Old Testament, it says to welcome the stranger Jesus in Matthew said, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a prisoner and you visited me. Mm. Um, But he says, I was a stranger and you welcomed me, echoing Leviticus. And um, in Hebrews, it says, do not neglect to show, to practice hospitality to strangers. So it's all throughout the scripture. So we should be generous and we should be hospitable. It's something I'm very passionate about. Mm.
0: That's so good. Okay. Uh, I want to shift gears to online campus because everything that you just said, from engaging with people and um, you know being hospitable, is somewhat easy to wrap our minds around when it comes to a physical location, but how can churches do this with their digital campus, which is becoming increasingly bigger and bigger because of COVID and because of people's uh, busy lifestyles, people are going to church more online. How can we be really good at first impressions, at uh, guest connections in an online world?
1: Yeah, my, my favorite churches that were leading in this area before COVID and are still leading during COVID. are are those that have dedicated people, whether they're staff or volunteers, dedicated people that function as hosts that greet you and welcome you. So what I mean by that is there's a difference, Rusty, there's a difference between hitting record in the back of the room Mm -hmm. when your service starts and hitting stop when it's over or being greeted by a man and a woman, uh, and diversity speaks volumes. When you have young, old, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, male, female being greeted by an online host that says, "Welcome to Real Life Church. We're so glad you're here. Uh, today's going to be awesome." Pastor Rusty's kicking off a new series based on generosity and living our best lives, and you know, to to be able to to have something that's geared towards them, because then you feel. Welcome, known, honored, seen, loved, uh, respected. and so if it's just hit record, these these new earbuds are driving me crazy. <laughs> um, uh, I, I've got to go back to the old airpods. Um, so um, if it's just hit record and um, it's a camera in the back of the room that is showing them what it's like as if if as if you were in the room, that's not geared to them. That's not special. That's nothing um, out of the ordinary. That's just a, a poor way of doing online church. Whereas if if you have, and I just came across a new company that has uh, cameras that you could set up in, in the room and they're operated by people off site where you don't even have to use your own camera operators. This is for small to medium-sized churches where um, they actually operate the cameras and edit and and or, or switch and go back and forth between cameras and and h- handle all that remotely mm. so that um you can have a good experience online for people watching at home. um just came across them and was on a a podcast with with somebody recently about that. but um but I think being greeted by a host and uh, you know, I was watching. Uh, early during COVID, I was watching J.D. Greer's church, uh, the Summit Church in Raleigh-Durham, and uh, they were not meeting in person. And so since they're a multi-site church, that means they have several campus pastors that were available. So they use them as hosts. And so I would get welcomed and greeted by so-and-so campus pastor at this campus. And then I would hear announcements from this campus pastor at this uh, campus. And then I would get next steps from this campus pastor at this campus. And it was just a different face after a different face after a different face. And then changing up the, the experience, uh, JD Greer was, um, in a, in a, in a, in a, like a studio hallway setting, uh, with a a bistro table and just him speaking. He wasn't on a giant empty stage. It was just him speaking to the camera And then they broke up the message into three parts where he spoke and then they did some music and he spoke and they did some more music Mm -hmm. and he spoke and they did some more music. Uh, I mentioned to you uh, when we last spoke that uh, Brian Tome at Crossroads Church in Cincinnati, they're really breaking up the way uh, they do their online church and the way they do their video editing. I've noticed Andy Stanley at North Point Church has done a lot more interviews where he just sits down on a couch and talks with somebody I've seen that at Victory Church in Atlanta as well, where they'll just sit down on a couch and have a conversation with somebody. I've seen Ashley Woodridge at Christ Church of the Valley in Phoenix do a lot of interviews with people, where he brings them up on stage and they sit down uh, in in like re- in sofas or, or, or nice, comfy chairs, and they they have a discussion, which is just making it seem a little bit more personal and and. In, intimate mm-hmm. where uh, it's a conversation and you get let in on a conversation as they're um, interviewing somebody. And it's just, it's just a way of breaking up. You know, Jesus was a storyteller. Jesus told parables. Jesus was not, um, uh, nobody could accuse Jesus of being boring. And, and that's mm-hmm. you know, something I learned back in my school days. And I used to teach on creative communication at the Moody Bible pastors conference in Chicago um, God help us if we're ever boring in our teaching, in our worship experiences, they should be mm. oozing with creativity. We serve the creator of the universe and we are made in his image. We should be oozing with creativity. And so change up the way you, you shoot, you film, the way you do the introduction, your host, your MC, don't let the pastor make the announcements, have somebody else come up and make the announcements, mm-hmm. uh, just mix it up, shake it up.
0: That's so great. Well, Greg, I feel like we've got about uh, 50 more questions to break down, but uh, running out of time, so I'm going to have to reschedule you so we can keep talking about this. But I I do want to let our people know how they can connect with you. You've mentioned a couple of books that you've written. You've got some uh, conferences coming up. Uh, I mean, these are just uh, first-class experiences for people that will help them uh, regardless of the size of their campus or uh, their ministry that they lead or are a part of or their business that they run. How can people connect with you?
1: Yes. So my name is Greg Atkinson. You can check out gregatkinson.com. We just uh, updated the website a little bit and we're getting ready to do another update and renovation. Uh, I am getting ready to come out by the time this podcast airs. uh, I will be coming out with a brand new uh, resource to help people, a free resource called a first impressions challenge uh, that you can find at firstimpressionschallenge.com. By the time this airs, it's going to go live this weekend And so um, we're working on that behind the scenes. That's a free resource for people that has training and my, my personal system for assimilation and follow-up will be taught as well as uh, the first impressions conference. We have a spring conference in May and we have a fall conference in November. We're very proud of our lineup. Very proud, very honored to have you speaking. Very excited about the amazing guests and uh, authors and speakers and pastors and church leaders Uh, that are going to be joining in in both the spring and the fall. Um, That's firstimpressionsconference.com. And And then I'm at Greg Atkinson on just about everything social, at Greg Atkinson on YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm um, facebook.com slash the Greg Atkinson uh, is my public page. But um, I'm very, very social and always interact and comment and, and, and uh, dialogue with people. I also, a lot of people don't realize this. I have two Facebook groups, two large Facebook groups with about 25,000 church leaders in them that people can interact with me because I'm always commenting and uh, I'm the admin and um, I'm always interacting with the people in the group. Um, but the the best one, the, the main one, the easiest one to find is Weekend Worship and Guest Services so if you think of the weekend worship experience and you think of guest services, which is what I'm known for, uh, just look for that Facebook group, Weekend Worship and Guest Services. If you search that in Facebook, you'll come across a blue banner, which is our banner, and um, just uh, go into the group. Uh, it's a closed group, but you can ask, ask to be let in. And um, I'm always interacting there. Always, uh, That's the best way for me to exponentially use my time where I can hit 25,000 people at once instead of answering 25,000 emails.
0: Yeah, no, that's so great. Well, Greg, as always, we're so grateful. Thank you so much. And uh, looking forward to being part of First Impressions Conference coming up uh, this fall and looking forward to hearing from you more uh, later. So thanks a lot, Greg.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Wow, that was so
0: great. Love Greg, love his heart for the church. Yeah. Everything that you need to know is in the show notes. And would you just take a moment and share this with a friend? Maybe you've got someone in your church that is dealing with volunteers and helping people recruit volunteers, lead volunteers, or is a volunteer and needs to be encouraged. Just share this with them and subscribe to this episode and to this podcast. That'd be great. And if you're really generous, write us a review, a good one, not a bad one. But if you write us a good one, uh, we might share it on our podcast as well. Thanks to Red Letter Challenge, as always, for their support this month. Next, week, we'll be having a fascinating conversation with Jeff Henderson. Jeff is an incredible author, pastor, speaker, and has now created a brand new company. And he also worked for Chick-fil-A for a period of time. So you're going to love to hear that. And I ask him, what is his go-to order at Chick-fil-A? We all need to know that. Well, thanks for listening to Leading Simple, Help for the Overwhelmed, and we will talk to you next week.